the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Oh, welcome to the Instructor Podcast, where, as always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here, and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen, because this is a show where every week I speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers to look at ways that we can improve your driving school and potentially make you an even more awesome driving instructor. And today is no different, because today we have got two awesome guests that are giving us some wonderful advice on how we can bring potentially better and different and more varied road safety discussions into our car. So first up, we are joined by James Evans, and we're largely talking about the honest truth, but we do touch on some of his other projects as well. But with James, we're talking about potentially why not why road safety isn't that sexy and what we can do to make it maybe a little bit more appealing and how we can involve parents and students and also the the different resources available to us. But then in the second half of the show, we are joined by Sophie Bailey, who is the the owner and the founder of Fresh Drivers UK, which is all about tyre safety and garage anxiety and, and that kind of stuff. Real fresh approach, real new and unique approach on road safety. So two excellent guests that we can definitely take a lot from, and uh, hopefully the episode will make you think. But just before we dive into this one, I'm going to give a little plug. Because on Thursday, the 3rd of August, I am hosting a webinar. But it's not just a webinar, it's a big webinar. So I'm calling it a meganar. And yes, it is cheesy. And yes, people will complain about that name. But I like it, so I'm sticking with it. Essentially, there'll be nine very special guest speakers coming in to talk all things driving instructor topics. And they'll each get about 20 minutes, so the, the event will be three to three and a half hours long, and it will be free for driving instructors. Now, there will be a limited number of places, but it's completely free to you for you to come and listen to some incredible people uh, share some wonderful knowledge. So make sure you are penciling that into your diary and make sure you are following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff so that you can see more because throughout June, I'm going to be announcing some of the very special guests that are going to be presenting. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But for now, let's get stuck into the show. So today we are joined by the ever delightful and insightful James Evans. How are we doing, James? Hey, good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Nice to, nice to be with you. No, it's great to have you on. You're someone that uh, I've, I've, I've wanted on for a long time, so it's good to have you on. Uh, and I'm going to kick off with the question I'd like to ask all of my guests to begin with, and that is that the tagline for this show is I speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. So I'm just wondering which one or ones of those you fall into, leader, expert, innovator, game changer. Yeah, I mean, if you'd have asked me six months ago, I probably would have just said innovator. I think, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in a lot. Um, leadership, probably not. But I think asking me today, I think we're kind of maybe moving into hopefully the game changer uh, category. So a bit of a bit of a transition moment, hopefully. What would that be in? What would you class that in? What are you innovating? What's, what are you actually having that biggest impact in when it comes to game changing? So, I mean, tr traditionally, obviously, my work in road safety has been around, um, you know, creation of interventions and, you know, campaigns and, you know, requires 
sort of innovation and creativity. I think what we're now doing is sort of package that, packaging all of that into something uh, that can, can 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 be a disruptor, can be a, a game changer. I think it's a lot of disruption that happens in various markets for the sake of it and for uh, the entertainment of you know capitalists and, and 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 people. But actually, I think doing it in the road safety space is is, is quite interesting. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully a game changer. But that's something that um, history will dictate to me rather than the other way around. I think. Uh, I do like that you said innovator, though, because I think that's the one that the least amount of people take a claim to. Um, so I'm pleased that someone has, has stuck a, a flag in for that one. But you <laughs> obviously mentioned road safety there. And I, I wanted to start with this particular question because I'd be keen on your, your thoughts on this. So whenever I do an, an episode on road safety, I try and do one every season on, on this podcast. The the listeners, the, the, the download numbers tend to drop by in the region of 20 to 30% based on everything else that season. And this is a podcast aimed specifically at driving instructors, which you would assume is, a, a, you know, a, a, an industry interested in road safety. So why do you think those numbers drop? I mean, road safety is just not sexy, is it? I... I uh... <laughs> If ever I'm, we don't go to a lot of parties and things, but if ever I'm there with my my wife, she's sort of trying to people ask what I do and I'm explaining we produce VR film and I'm in the media and uh, yeah, publishing. She says, no, you're not. You're in road safety. Like it's like it's the most withering put down since your mum said stop showing off in front of your friends. It's like uh, not, not the kind of thing that, you know, traditionally, you know, uh, perhaps dynamic people or people um you know with 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 big ideas want to be uh, associated with i don't know why that is i think it's i think it's the inclusion of the word safety and the sort of relatively mundane nature of of of, of, of transport unless you're an enthusiast and i've never been involved in an enthusiast segment there's a lot of amazing enthusiast stuff that goes goes on in you know in in, in transport but um we've never really fallen into that um but i suppose the other thing is that you know there's, there might be an element of complacency i think we've got some of the safest roads uh in in the world and you know road safety is is still you know a very big issue it's a huge cost to the economy it's a huge human cost and all the associated other costs but you know it's it's um you know the story is pretty good compared to other countries uh across the world even very developed countries so maybe there's a sort of an apathy towards uh you know the need for it that there isn't in in other uh areas of health and well-being yeah I think that runs across everything, doesn't it? Not just instructors, because I, I do other podcasts for, for like learners and stuff like that. And again, if the title says road safety, the numbers aren't as good as if the title says three ways to pass your driving test. You know, and, yes. <laughs> and yeah, really adverse to clickbait. I, I don't mind with spicing up titles. So I've already got my title for this episode, which is road safety isn't sexy. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm not adverse to spicing up stuff. I'm really adverse to clickbait, but I'm just want you know. Do you think that potentially that could be something that that attracts more people, or do you think that if you use some sort of clickbait method to to draw people in, they'd come see what you're actually talking about and then disappear anyway? Yeah, it's an interesting one when you talk about you know clickbait and education. I, I remember reading a white paper some time ago all about rewriting. Uh, email subject lines with better open rates and actually that was quite transformative for me it was things like generating self-interest making something time limited um intrigue and actually you know there's 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 a lot to that i think you're right you know the, the way the media use clickbait and, and and stuff is um you know it, it, it from a news telling point of view isn't you know it isn't always that helpful but um from, from a road safety perspective i think you know we want 
educators want to tell people what they want to tell them rather than understanding what people want to be told and, and need to be told. We've got the fatal five, which is quite fatal four, fatal five, quite arbitrary. You know, you go in, talk to me about drugs and driving. I mean, I've always thought I would be super efficient on cocaine. I would get so much done, like, uh, you know, makes more, um, you know, film and, and, and products. But I'm never going to do cocaine. It's not raised that way. It's not something that I, I, I'm ever, ever going to do. But people will talk to you about it. I always wear a seatbelt. People will talk but things that perhaps I might be more likely to do drive maybe a little bit fatigued and and, and things. These are the things that perhaps resonate and are more receptive uh, to. So I think we've got to we've got to understand, and this is really where driving instructors come in because I think you have these pinch points. Uh, if you look at the Venn diagram of where people might be interested in, in in road safety, it's when they're in a pinch point, so they're in a a journey like you know the learning to drive process, and you know there's a moment of high relevance. So. You know, at that point, they're paying good money to 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 learn how to be a good driver, uh, or you know, to pass the test or, or or whatever. But they're receptive to to information at that point. And then, you know, a lot of the time, we try and tell people things that they're perhaps not interested in at that moment, or can't do anything about at that moment. And if you can't do anything about it, then then uh, you know, what's to some degree, um, you know, we know the forgetting curve is quite steep for some of this stuff. So. Uh, talking to people about it a long time before they can actually action it might be better to talk about something that they can, um, you know, can put into action. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I will just say that you're giving me the clickbait for the episode there, which is James Evans says he's more productive on cocaine. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you can edit this however you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, just what you were saying there about instructors and and you know how we can influence. I think that's a really key point. And the example I would use, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Actually, is if someone gets in the car. I always ask them how they are. You know, and you get the odd one, oh, knackered, absolutely knackered. I couldn't sleep last night. So it's not they've been out; they're just tired. And my question is always, should you be driving today? And there's always this look on their face. It's like, and you can see, it's almost like, well, everyone else will do. Why shouldn't I drive? But actually, maybe I shouldn't. And then that usually leads to quite an interesting discussion. And then they turn around and say, well, I only want to cancel because I'm worried that I'd lose my fee. And, you know, that kind of, I'm mm. saying, right. Well, how about if you tell me that you're feeling knackered and you're a bit worried about the lesson, then we can decide what you're going to do. And that might say, well, how about I drive us to a car park that's empty and we can practice a bay park because it's a yeah. less dangerous situation or it might be let's look at the theory. And I always find that leads to a really interesting question, a uh, really interesting conversation. Do you think that is what you're referring to and that's something where driving instructors can take a bit of a lead in those sort of situations? 100%. I mean, this is why we, we, we you've hit the nail on the head completely. It's about, you know, discussion. Driving instructors have just the most unique relationship and you know um touch point with with everyone um you know coming through the learning to drive process or practically everyone and what you've described there is a key part of so the honest truth which we took on uh when the when the charity closed in 2019 we kind of incubated through covid and it's now you know pushing forward again with ollie taylor who's just come uh, left the police after 30 years he's come back into it and you've got these 10 truths you know i didn't make them up we just inherited it, uh, them and fatigue is one of them the idea is at the beginning of the lesson, you watch a two minute truth video about fatigue, you know, literally while you're doing a bit of paperwork or they're just getting settled in the car, two minutes is nothing. Um, and then for the rest of the uh, the session, that's your kind of topic to have a conversation about. I, I agree there. You know, if you'd noticed these signs of fatigue, um, the instructor can start, you know, um, 
you know, can kind of start sowing the seeds. Perhaps if it's, um, uh, you know, I don't know, bank holiday Monday or something like that, they've got a lesson and they've been out on the Sunday night. Maybe you're starting to see a little bit of hangover type stuff. You can introduce the idea of, of, of drink if you're driving around and you have someone tailgating you. You can start to talk about, you know, showing off, thrill-seeking speed, all of these sorts of things. Because, I mean, I don't know, but you, I'm guessing you see a lot of things out on the road with learners that would allow you to start a contextual discussion overtaking a vulnerable road user perhaps a, a cyclist and um you know starting the conversation about whether they cycle and you know again uh, yeah having those discussions is is arguably more important than giving them you know a campaign or a, or a linear piece of uh, of education because you start to, to work out what their barriers and challenges might be to this message well i'm a lifeguard i'm locking up at 11.30 at night after everyone's gone back. So actually, they, 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 they're going to be driving at night a lot of the time. Um, that, that's down to their lifestyle. And only really you're going to know that as a, as a driving instructor. I mean, to me, it's all about taking ownership. And it's something I have a lot of conversations with the learners about. It's um, If you're full of cold and you're really ill and your nose is running, your eyes are all swollen up, don't drive to work. Probably don't go to work in the first place, but don't drive to work. That you're the driver. You get to make these choices. And I mean, the example I often use is I used to work at McDonald's many, many moons ago. And the number of people that are, you know, falling sick when they weren't sick, just not turning to work because they want a day off. But then when it snowed and there was six foot of snow, they're driving. And it'll take them for, I'm like, this is the day you phone in and, and claim your little sick day. Don't drive in and crack, you know. And I think yeah. that. A lot of young people in particular are scared. And again, I'd wonder if you dis I wonder if you'd agree or disagree with this. I think a lot of people, young people in particular, are scared to take ownership because they may be worried about what other people will say. Because that that older generation are often like, just do it, just drive to work. I've been doing this for 30 years and all's ever gone wrong. So I'm just wondering if that's something that you see, that almost peer pressure around that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of unhelpful social norms kind of perpetuated by parents' generations, as well as peer pressure from people their own age. But we know the frontal lobe doesn't fully develop, especially in young males, until mid-20s. And that's a bit that's responsible for, you know, emotion regulation, risk management, all of, all of this sort of stuff. So we know there's going to be peer pressure. But I think when parents come through, and I don't know how you find this from an instructive um, point of view, you would think your most prized asset, the thing that you would do anything, the person you would do anything for, you say, well, you know, we want to try and get you through your test as quickly as possible because that's some sort of um, stamp of kudos. And we're going to put you in an old banger because that's kind of what we had. And, you know, that's what we had because, you know, that's all that was available. But now we've got cars with AEB that have got, you know, great ADAS features for seven grand. It might not be the the, the, the clear world Corsa that you want. It might be the Hyundai i20 or, or whatever that you don't want. Um, but parents... Yeah, I think I could could do a lot more. Perhaps don't go to Orlando this year and spend you know ten grand on the first car rather than two grand, and 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 you know understand the purchasing decisions. You know understand the benefits of telematics insurance. Um, uh, you know, so I, I think I think actually the older generation, uh, you, you're right, they can put pressure, behavioural pressure on, but they also have capital opportunities to make purchasing decisions, telematics insurance, safer first vehicle, all of these things, you know, say we're going to pay for your driving lessons, but I want you to learn to drive over nine months and I'm going to get private practice insurance. I'm going to take you out, you know, every week, all of this stuff, empirical evidence says makes young drivers exponentially safer and parents who probably should, you know, want to do it 
you know, perhaps <laughs> perhaps don't all want to do it. And I, I, I don't, I don't know why. I've never really got very close to an answer on that. I'll happily give you my take on that. And I, I think <laughs> that I've worked with some amazing parents genuinely that are just they don't care about anything other than I don't want my my kids to be involved in a, a collision after they've passed the test and they're, they're interactive and they're brilliant but then there are others and I think this is from my experience this is the biggest problem is because they've never had a problem so and it seems easy to them what they don't see is everyone swerving out of their way while they're driving they don't necessarily see all the near misses they just see the fact that they haven't had a problem and if they haven't had a problem for 40 years and we're just rock uh honing them out of money creating yeah. these imaginary problems so i think that's that's my take on it but i, I want to steer the conversation back slightly to it to instructors for a second because we're talking about why potentially instructors don't engage with you know road safety campaigns as much uh, as perhaps well sure as you'd like and definitely as much as i'd like them to and i think there's an element there of because I, I used to be a little bit like this this is me holding my hands up in that i'm a trained driving instructor i know all the road safety stuff i'll just teach you that road safety stuff but mm. I also wonder if there's an element of what what road safety campaign is worthwhile because there's a lot of organizations, there's charities, there's there's different campaigns. You know, you mentioned the honest truth, there's Project Edward, um oh, my mind's gone blank, uh, Brick, there's Young Drivers, there's uh Fresh Drivers UK, you know, there's all this stuff. Yeah. And I just wonder if if that's maybe a concern. Is is there too much uh too many differences if that makes sense yeah i know what you mean there's a lot of very disparate agencies uh delivering road safety for, for one reason or another and then there's a lot of different campaigns and different ways of of doing it so consequently you get a very fragmented um you know uh, sort of landscape i mean that can be good because you can pick and pack stuff i mean i think a lot of it's timing so you know, we know that Dr. Robert Isler research in Waikato University suggested that you can improve development of the frontal lobe in relation to eye scanning if you do a certain amount of hazard perception and hazard prediction training. And, and actually, if you could start that at 15, that would be great. So actually pre-driver stuff, you know, there's very limited evidence to suggest that putting anyone in a car um, pre-test is helpful. In fact, a bit like the skid pan stuff, there's some evidence that shows, you know, that it's it's not good because it actually means that they can pass the practical test quicker when they turn 17. And actually, that's not good for road safety. Actually, slowing that process down is um, is proven to be more effective. So I think it's about, you know, choosing what to do at, the, uh, at what time. There's no, no, no point really talking too much about car maintenance until you actually have your first car and you can walk out there and you can start to look under the hood, look at the tires. So I think a bit of it is timing. Um, things like the honest truth. We wanted that to be um, unobtrusive. So the idea is that apart from watching a two-minute truth video across, you know, in 10, 10 lessons, uh, the rest of it is discussion-based and discussion while you're driving around. So some of these things require, uh, you know, time, you know, additional time with an instructor, additional money. You know, that's that's not something that the mass market is going to stomach. So that's why we didn't want to do that with, with THT. Some some stuff is just too light touch. Um, you know, it's a it's a campaign video or something that someone's supposed to read but you know there's very limited evidence that those things are um it, 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 it effective so I, I totally get you know it's, it's very fragmented in some ways that's good because you can pick and pack what you need um 
but that's the idea of THT. You know, Honest Truth was designed for instructors who wanted to d- deliver road safety to make it easier. We weren't trying to teach instructors how to deliver road safety. We were trying to say, you're busy enough. You have enough going on. Um, let us make it easy for you by providing an audit trail and providing the content. And if legislation changes or data changes, that's our problem. We'll deal with that. We'll give you the materials. You just do uh, the delivery. You, you put it on the website as a, as a, as a USP. And um, in theory, everyone's happy. I mean, the great thing at the moment is ADIs are busy. They've been able to raise their prices, which I think is, you know, is 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 important. I think traditionally ADIs were quite underpaid in in relation to you know the outgoings that they have, car maintenance, fuel, you know, the expertise, the training that they have to do. You know, you go have a sports massage, you think nothing of spending forty forty five quid an hour, and all they've got is a, a bloody table, and usually it's you know it's in your house. So you know to, to go in someone else's car um, for an hour and, and get this, you know, access to um, uh, you know, such uh, enormous freedom and opportunity. But again, that's an easy thing to say if you've got money. If you haven't got money and you've got supportive parents or family, you know, then obviously that cost is a huge barrier to, to learning to drive. Um, so, yeah, that would be my take on it. I totally agree. Landscape, very fragmented for sure. I think one of the things that, that I do is I'm a big fan in resources and you know, I use this podcast as an example. So, or podcast, I should say. There's a growing number of driving instructor podcasts now. And I think that's great because people can pick and choose. I've said from, mm. from day one of doing this podcast, I've always promoted the other podcasts. Yeah, great. If someone doesn't like my voice, they can go and listen to the other one and they can still develop and still learn from that. So I think possibly there's a danger of oversaturation. But, I mean, from my experience... The, the thing that I cottoned on to, because everyone is going to be able to latch onto something. Mine was Project Edward, and it was just that phrase, every day with our road death. And it was mm. because I'd seen a comment by someone saying, this is not a realistic target or something like that. And that struck me as, why shouldn't it be the target? And and I latched onto that because of that. And I just think for anyone listening, go and find one that works for you. And that's a really good starting point, and you can promote that. Because I, I also think from a... From like a, as you said, work is is uh, is voluminous at the minute. But at some point, that is going to dry up. And I think if you're a parent weighing up instructors, and you look at one instructor, and this instructor is saying, "Oh, this road safety campaign offers this," and "Oh, we've got uh, the honest truth, and we provide your young drivers with this," and and uh, Project Edward Week of Action here, and Garage Anxiety with you know fresh driving, and you're doing that, and the other instructor is saying. This person passed. This person mm. passed. I know which I'm going for. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and I think that as instructors, we miss a little bit of a trick there sometimes. But we we mentioned the honest truth. And I just want to clarify one thing because I'm crap with acronyms. That's that's what you're meaning when you say THT, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because right. it's such a mouthful. Yeah, THT, honest truth. No, yeah. He's yeah. he's fine. I'm just useless with acronyms. <laughs> um I will hold my hands up. I, I'm not signed up to the honest truth. I will be by the end of today. Uh, I've been looking into it a lot over the last few weeks, and I've had two weeks off, and I've used those two weeks off as a bit of a, a reset in my driving school and going again almost. And part mm-hmm. of that is going to be incorporating the honest truth. Fantastic. Part of the reason I haven't done it is because I think apathy. I think a little bit of laziness. Um, but also because I've provided other different resources but the more i've looked into the honest truth the more i'm like this is actually really good 
and I, I want to be a part of this and I want to offer this. But rather than me saying that, I would like to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit more about the honest truth and you know why you should drive any structures in Brasis. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I can't take any credit for creating this. I mean, this came out of um, a terrible young driver uh, collision uh, in, the, in the Southwest. It started with Ollie Taylor, Rob from the fire service and Rebecca from the, 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 the council. And they ran this very successfully for a few years. And then obviously resources in the, in the public sector got stretched and they had to go back into normal day jobs. So it set up as a charity. They had a board. Um, but it just, I think it just struggled to, um, to get the funding that it needed to, to, to continue without any revenue coming from instructors. And, you know, it wasn't closing the loop. It was, it was sort of always looking for charity funding and the charity closed in 2019. We, we took it on. It came into first car just with the idea that we could incubate it. I mean, so much work had been done. It seemed crazy to, to shut it all down, but we knew it wasn't quite functioning right. Um, so what we did is we we separated out. I mean, some people remember the Animal Heads campaigns. That was very Marmite. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Um, we, we basically redid uh, a lot of those and turned it into a campaigns element. And then we took the bit that driving instructors were supposed to deliver and made that its own intervention. We put a price tag on it. I think it was 100 quid a year. And you've got uh, 50 young driver's guides, which we used to sell in Smiths for 4 dollars got 50 parent guides. You've got uh, My Car, My Rules cards, which you could give your learners when they pass to basically set their own rules for the car, put them on the dashboard. Ollie will tell you a good story about how that came to be. Uh, at, at some point, if you ever get him on a podcast, he's a good guy to chat to about that. Um, and obviously, you know, the truth pack uh, with, with the 10 truths. So historically, the, the learners would basically read a double page spread, take them a couple of minutes. These are now becoming two-minute truth videos and the whole thing's being digitized to be on an app, which uh, Dan Hill is nearly finished and that will launch um, you know, in the, in the summer uh, to make it a, a bit easier. But the idea is exactly what you said at the start of the podcast is that you can pick a theme out of the 10, which you know maybe uh, vulnerable road users, drink, drugs, distraction, mobile phones, seatbelts, speed, showing off, um, whatever it happens to be, pick a, pick a, pick a truth uh, and then frame that as a discussion for the rest of the session. At the end of the session, once you've discussed it, find it off, once they've done all 10, Truths, they get become a THC graduate, and then we'll hopefully give them some, um, some some good rewards as time goes on. But as with all of this stuff, you need a critical mass of people coming through to get the people who give the rewards uh, enough of an incentive to offer them. So it's a bit chicken and egg. Um, but I think you know you make a good point. You've, you've sort of sat at the periphery and you've looked around it, um, and I think a lot of people have because it's not really reached maturity yet. And I think this is some of the things with 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 road safety campaigns. Is everyone expects it to be Silicon Valley? complete out of the box and you know i don't mind admitting you know it's taken it's a lot of work a lot of investment to to, to get it working right and 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 build the curriculum around it structure around it content around it and even now even you know four years on understanding that paper doesn't work because you can't have an audit trail with paper you have to digitize to so do the digital bit and having ollie back you know having the resource to be able to kind of promote this effectively in COVID, it was great. Instructors were so engaged with THT. And then as soon as they go back, they're rightly earning all the money that they didn't earn during COVID. And so THT has taken a, a back seat and it's harder to recruit people, even in areas where we've got funding. So Kent have paid for 100 instructors to do this for free. Warwickshire, 75, you know, uh, Norfolk, 25, Staffordshire, 20. So actually, road safety teams are funding a lot of this. But even then, sometimes it's hard to get instructors to uh, devote the time and the focus to it um but it is you know unlike some of the other campaigns which uh do require additional hours online or in car 
you know, THD is very much integrated within driving lessons. You shouldn't necessarily even know that, um, that, that, that you've received it. You've just, it's just part of what the instructor that you learned with uh, did. The, the, the instructors that have signed up and that have used it, what sort of feedback have you got from them? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is, the, this is an interesting point because uh, it's all paper. We don't really know how they're using it, what cadence they're delivering um, the, the truths, uh, whether they're doing it at the start of the lesson, at the end of the lesson. The feedback from the ADIs who are vocal and the, and the ones that are super engaged is always very, very positive. Um, but I think because it's you know offline, because it's analog, it's actually it's quite difficult. You've got um, uh, you know loyalty card style. Um, uh, things for each learner to, to, to check off each truth that they've done with the signature. Obviously, that's you've got to then put them in an elastic band, keep them in the car, keep the truth pack in the car. It's you know, uh, it's perhaps not the slickest experience at the moment. Which when we have the app, and obviously you can use that to manage the learners. Not you know, not to the nth degree. I know a lot of people use these these tools anyway, but just to kind of keep track of their progress through. And then you can just give them the phone or the iPad to watch the two minute truth. Hopefully, we'll just have a lot more outputs that we can we can see learners coming through, rather than just hoping that this um, is, is being delivered. I always work off the rule of fifths, so I always think a fifth of people, twenty percent of people in life, will just hate you. It doesn't really matter what you do; they just won't like you. And then twenty percent of people will love you no matter what you do. And then there's you know about sixty percent in the middle that you can sort of win over, depending on you know what you what you do. I'm not worried about the twenty percent that will never go for this. And the twenty percent that love it are probably doing it at the moment. It's just the it's it's that sixty percent in the middle. We've got to do something that works for them as instructors. That doesn't take too much time, too much focus, too much energy. Gives them the satisfaction of knowing that they're, you know, giving their learners the best chance of of staying safe. In addition to the skill stuff and the knowledge stuff that they teach, this is more attitudinal stuff. But perhaps I would say instructors, you know, some instructors will be good at delivering this, but not everyone's good at. At necessarily prompting conversations let tht do that you know conversation prompting you guys have the conversation tick them off and and you know a, a volume that could make a big impact to 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 how you know how people drive potentially oh no i love that and i think um i Interesting, I was having a conversation about this on the podcast I recorded yesterday, uh, Persuasion Mountain, you know, you're at the top of the mountain, some people have bought into on the other side, the others are climbing up the hill that you can talk to, there's a few mm. further down that are looking over their shoulder at you, and then there's ones for everywhere that you ignore, and I think <laughs> an interesting way of looking at it, but I can't decide whether to come at you as devil's advocate or, or my honest thoughts, I think I might do both, so... I am a big believer in, in, in paying for stuff and uh, embracing stuff. And I think that we are ridiculously lucky in the industry the un- industry we're in. You mentioned Dan Hill there, uh, apps like My Drive Time and Go Roadie that we can get for 10 or 12 quid that are phenomenal resource for driving instructors. We've got training programs like Client Set of Learning and the Instructor Premium, you know, to so plug myself for a second. We've got associations and we've got the driving instructor and tra- all this stuff that we get for like, Tenner a month, a lot of it is priced at. That's yeah. like ridiculously good value. And if if you look at the honest truth, I think that is is it ninety eight pound for a year? Is am I right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. But that's largely because it includes you know um, the physical magazines, and of course they've got a, a big cost to them, and the postage is even ten quid on that. We have to take that off because a lot of instructors obviously aren't that registered. We are so actually the net to us isn't ninety eight quid. It's more like 
you know, 74, and then you take the 10 pound postage, 64, you take the magazine costs off. So actually it, it starts to, um, you know, look a little bit, yeah, sl- slimmer after that. Even for us as instructors, that's still less than a tenner a month. I think that, what, £8.20 a month it would work out as if, you, if, if we worked out like that. So I think that, you know, we're ridiculously lucky that they get access to this stuff. However, putting the devil's advocate spin on it, why should we have to pay for stuff that's road safety? Why are you just giving this for free, James? Well, that's a really good point. And that's that's what we are trying to do. So my, my long-term goal for this is once you can prove effectiveness, well, first thing I'll say is that I think driving instructors have been an underutilized resource for road safety teams for a, a long time. I think it's very well known that they go into schools, go into colleges, and traditionally deliver stuff to young drivers. But again, you go into a school and college, and there's some amazing interventions I've seen been involved in, but everyone's at a very different stage. Some people are two years away from learning to drive or maybe weren't learned to drive until after university. Some people are learning, some people have passed. And it's great um, to have those sorts of, you know, where they do have those collective conversations together. I think the peer-to-peer education discussion is actually very powerful. But I look at, you know, how many road safety teams had relationships with driving instructors and barely any, you know. um, And of course, you are the conduit. You know exactly what phase people are, stage people are in, in the process as they come through. But I think it goes in the too hot to handle pile. Road safety teams are stretched. They haven't got the resources that they had. 20, 30 years ago. So when you say, well, go out and make relationships with 150 driving instructors in the county, 100 driving instructors, it just can't, it can't be done. So this is where THT comes in. It makes it easy for road safety teams to fund interventions that are delivered by driving instructors. And we are doing that. So as I say, Kent's got 100, Warwickshire 75, Hillingdon 20. And if we can prove effectiveness, a big national agency, highways or someone will come along and cut a huge check and say, right, we're going to make this free for every driving instructor who wants to deliver it. In the meantime, it's it's still quite siloed. But ultimately, it's a, it's a USP. I tell you, I went and had a haircut the other day, which was desperately overdue. And I use an app called Nearcut to the guy. Before COVID, he was like, no, we don't want to use any technology. It's really nice. People come and sit on the sofa for 40 minutes and disconnect from the world. And I said, well, I'm a bit busy for that. But, um, you know, I used to give it a go. And then he used, in COVID, he got this app. And now you can, you know, book it well ahead of time. They send reminders and things. And I asked him, actually, when I was having my haircut, I said, how much do you pay a month for it? And all you really do, you don't even pay through the app. You just basically book a slot with a hairdresser. He said, I pay £130 a month for it. And he still thinks that that is the last bargain left on earth. Completely revolutionized his business. And then I look at my drive time and, and things, you know, um, and, and similar apps and stuff that you guys pay for that's, that, that, that is, can be, you know, almost the backbone of the, of the, of the CMS of running your business. And, uh, you know, I can't, I still can't believe that it is that. I mean, I, I pay for Adobe, I pay for IOD membership, I pay, I pay for so many things, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month to run the, run the business with different Canva and all of these tools that you need. And you've got to keep a check on them. But, you know, compared to 20 years ago when you were buying CDs and things were going out of date, you buy the next version. Actually, the software as a service uh, aspect is, you know, a way of doing things is, 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 is really good. And actually, these things are, I think ADI is, you know, if they probably might know, you know, other things that are um, a similar but more expensive. I, I think it's the last bargain left on earth. I, I, I really do. But if it gives you a differentiator, if Honest Truth gives you a differentiator, that you can put on your website says we invest in um you know giving you know safe driving for life sort of uh skills attitudinal um coaching and and, and stuff throughout the lessons then yeah i mean that's 
that's great. It's a differentiator. It's a USP. You get the car sticker. You get the magazines, which go into the home, and then the parents. It's just it's a value add. It's a value add. And even if only twenty percent of instructors were to do it, I mean, you know, even if you only had two thousand instructors seeing forty a year, that's hundred thousand. So that's over well over ten percent of all learners that come through. Um, you know, we don't we don't need to have. 40% of ADIs or 50% of ADIs. We just need to have the ones that think it's important enough to pay a little bit for. And I'd be I'd be so happy with that. Well, uh, as of yesterday, a little uh, exclusive for you and the listeners here, as of yesterday, I hit my target, which I set two years ago when I first started, of getting 10% of the industry listening. Uh, and I hit oh, congratulations. So hopefully... You know, I get 10% increase as a result of this. You never know. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that your hairdresser is now more technologically more advanced than a lot of driving instructors. Um, <laughs> I think that says a lot. Greg, I think it's time to ask you the most important question, and that is, which song are you going to be adding to my instructor podcast Spotify playlist? Well, I'm going to say, I bet this is already on there, but I think Mr. Brightside by The Killers would have to be mine. Listen, it's not on there. And I've okay. been waiting for many a week for someone to say that. And I've just made my day. Uh, I do not care about this conversation. I care about that song. Thank you for choosing that song. <laughs> great. Um, no, great idea to do a playlist for sure. Brilliant. Right. Do you want to uh, just tell all my listeners where they can find you? Where's the best place to find you or The Honest Truth or anything else you might want to offer? Yeah, sure. So um, honesttruth.co.uk, uh, obviously firstcarmedia.co.uk is what we do. You know, we produce the magazines people get with their theory test, their driving test. Um, you know, you can, I don't really do social media, but I think I'm on LinkedIn, the, the James Evans is a super common name. In fact, there's another Lifeboat crew member on, on my station called James Evans. So yeah, the James Evans um, is, is on LinkedIn. But um, you know, always feel, feel free to drop me an email, james at firstcar.co.uk. I'll always come back to you. Um, and just, yeah, I just want to say thanks to you for having me and thanks to all your listeners. I know, you know, the driving instructor industry is, you know, is often, uh, underregarded and undervalued. And I think you, you guys do an incredible, um, job and I'm, I'm glad to see, you know, the backlog in, in some sense is just starting to get some recognition and some airtime and, you know, to be paid properly for it. So really good. Awesome. Uh, well, really appreciate joining us today. It's very much appreciated. Take care, Terry. Thanks. And we'll be back with the second half of this show in just a second with Sophie Bailey from Fresh Drivers UK. But just before we do, I'm just taking a brief pause to give a special shout out to the latest couple of signups for the Instructor Podcast Premium. And they are Wazim Akram and, and I'm going to apologise in advance for this because I'm going to butcher this name, but I'll try my best, Aristomenes Charitos. That's what I'm going with, and uh, hopefully I haven't offended anyone. Uh, so big thank you to those guys for signing up to the Instructor Podcast. They immediately get access to over 100 online trainings for a variety of audio, video, and, and written content, including things around the standards check and coaching and mindfulness with some wonderful people like Kevin Tracyfield, Bob Morton, and Sam Harper. And if you would like to get access to all that content, you can sign up as well for as little as £10 a month. Just head over to www.instructorpodcast.com or 
head to the show notes. You can find a direct link over there. For 10 quid a month, you get all that awesome stuff, as well as some exclusive discounts with places like Client Center Learning, the ADI PDI Doctor, the Guild of Mindful Drivers, and Go Roadie. And if you wanted to upgrade your CPD to a whole other level, you can sign up to the higher tier, what I call the interactive tier, where for £22 a month, you get everything that's in the £10 a month subscription, plus you get a lot of interactive goodness. So you get to join me on some shows, watch them being recorded, possibly even interact. You get access to the live expert session presentations. We've had two so far from Chris Benstead and Kev and Tracy Field. And we've got one coming up very soon with Dave Shannon, all about tax. And you also get access to regular problem solver sessions where I open up my Zoom room and people can come in with their problems and we can solve them together. As I said, the best place to find that is www.theinstructorpodcast.com. And now on the Instructor Podcast, we are joined by the ever-wonderful Sophie Bailey. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? All the better for seeing your smiley face, <laughs> definitely. Um, thank you for joining us today. It's, it's great to have you on. Um, and I'm going to kick off the show with the same way that I kick off every show, which is that I speak to leaders, experts, innovators, and game changers. That's a tagline for the show. So I'm just wondering which one or ones of those you would consider yourself, leader, expert, innovator, game changer. Um, it's quite a difficult one for me to answer, but I would say a game changer because I'm trying to make a change, I guess. What are you trying to make a change in? Um, trying to change the mindsets of new and young drivers so they don't necessarily follow suit of the people that may have influenced them in the first place. So like parent, carer, guardian, um, big brother, big sister kind of thing. They could have been... Um, different things that they've done whilst learning to drive or driving and I kind of want to change it so that they make their own decisions and give them a better start to driving. I think that, that kind of brings us to the first question I want to ask you which was uh, from from speaking to you and from from seeing your stuff online I came across the phrase, uh, phrase garage anxiety yeah. and I've never heard that before so talk to me about garage anxiety what do you mean by that? So garage anxiety is something that we see on a daily basis it's not necessarily just new or young drivers it's kind of drivers who have maybe been driving for the past 10 years but I think since the pandemic it's a lot more um visual now people obviously are a lot more aware of what the different mental illnesses are because obviously during the pandemic we all kind of became aware of, of different mental illnesses so it's not necessarily a mental illness it is more a fact of if you have anxiety it's likely it's more of an environment where you're gonna it's gonna be more heightened if you know what I mean so let's say you've just passed a driving test and you've been driving for three months so you're kind of getting a bit confident and you get a flat tyre and in your head you're thinking, oh my God, pass my driving test, but I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. What do I do? I've got a flat tyre, it's stuck on my drive. And then it's like panic sets in, they're a bit like, oh, I don't, um, um, um. so what I'm trying to change is the fact that they would know what to do. So hope when my website's eventually launched, they would be able to just kind of go onto the website and it says, flat tyre click on that one oh this is what I need to do and it'll say like call down call a, a recovery company or call your local garage to see if they do a call out 
all have, have you got breakdown blah 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 and um, so I think the guardian light is like the fear of the unknown because they have this perception unfortunately in the motor trade we have a perception that we are kind of like the con men and that we're just going to rip everybody off what we do but realistically most independent garages like ours we're just working for a living and to keep our family business going that's what most independent garages do so we are trying to keep our community safe at the same time so I think we're just trying to change the perception of the garages and also stop the fear of the unknown. Because if somebody has a flat tire, it's so easy to be fixed and it literally takes half an hour. So I just kind of want to raise the awareness to them that it's something they don't need to worry about and they don't need to keep driving on it or, you know, go to a petrol station and put air in it. And it might go down again half an hour later and still be driving on it because obviously you, anything could happen. Um, so it's just a case of basically trying to stop these different things and also trying to stop them from turning the music up when they hear a noise in the car because they don't know what they need to do and they think it's going to be expensive because most of the time a noise in a car isn't expensive but it's expensive when you've turned your music up and you've carried, drive, carried on driving around on it for six months. Is that a yeah. genuine thing that people do? Oh, I have done it. So, yeah, it's a genuine thing. But I think before I, I should probably say that, but before like I was kind of involved with the business, I did something completely different. So, for me, I was just, oh my God, I have to go and ask my dad to fix the car. Oh my God, he's going to go mad. You know, so I think just turning the music up, you're a bit like, oh, I don't need to hear it today. I'll just deal with that tomorrow. But then obviously, that then gets pushed down weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, and we always get a customer that will come in and say, it did start about six months ago. So I don't, it could be something, you know, it could have just been like um, a track wedding that's gone or it could be the ball joint that's gone. But because they've carried on driving around on it, the suspension's been even more compromised. So then there's more components of the vehicle that's actually now needs replacing. So therefore it's more expensive. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I want to touch back on there, but I think the first one is, uh, I like the fact that you're, kind of honest about that and saying it's something that you've did because I think that's the sort of stuff that relates to people. You know, yeah. it's I, I found that on this podcast if if there are times I come on and I can't help myself. I'm a little bit preaching at times. But that's never that resonates as much as when I say I had this problem. This is what I struggled with. This is how I overcome it. So I think that taking that approach is awesome. But also you were talking about the the perception that the public has of garages. And it's like I think a lot of us instructors will have an affinity with that because there's a similar thing with us. You know, I'm reading a, a shouldn't do it to myself, but I read a post online this morning on, on Facebook. Um, and just so an article and the public were commenting and there's so much negativity towards driving instructors. You know, how dare you charge this much? And only took me 10 hours when I passed 42 years ago and I've only crashed 17 times. So, you know, whatever. And I, how can we change that perception, do you think? Not just of instructors, but of, of garage as well. What 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 can we do to change that? I don't really know. I always say it's about better information um, and things like that. But I do think there's always going to be negativity. You can never change it because you could be in the group of, let's say, 50 instructors who do the best for what they charge you know they literally give anything and everything and those students that learn to drive with these instructors become the best drivers and they've really got what they want for the money but then there's probably still sometimes an instructor there who charges say 
I don't know how much you charge, but you know, I don't know what the going rate is now. Um, but let's say they charge whatever amount and they give the minimal amount and they're kind of a bit grumpy and they're not giving the, the they're not giving the um customer or the driver a lot back for the money. So then that person will ten will tell ten people who about that negative experience and then those people will be like, Oh, John had a really bad experience with that person and they'll tell another ten people. But when you do something good and you are a good instructor, then you find that the person that has enjoyed the experience will only tell about two to three people and they'll only tell about two to three people. So it's just the way the world works because we find that we can go above and beyond for our customers. Like we always do anyway. And we'll get, say, five people off the back of that and said, oh, my neighbour said that, that you did this for them, so I've come to get this done and blah, blah, blah. But then sometimes you'll get a customer who has had a bad experience purely because they've kind of misunderstood something or they think that the price should have been cheaper because it got quoted cheap elsewhere and things like that. But then, then they'll tell like another 10 people about this. So then it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you could change it because unfortunately we're a very negative humanity, uh, human race, aren't we? A very... Um... <laughs> no, I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said, but I, I also think that you are going a long way to change that perception of garages with what you're doing publicly. Yeah. And I think that that's all we can do. Uh, I'm also a big believer in, in making the change ourselves. So it's something I've done. I remember when I started doing it, but like you said about the, the telling the 10 people about a negative experience, but two about the positive, I'm swapping that around yeah. the way I work now. I mean, I had someone deliver some furniture yesterday um, and they were awesome. They were really helpful, super polite, super friendly. And I'm like, they don't need to be like this. This is them just being really good at the job. Where can I leave your review? And I went on, as soon as I left, I've gone and left them that positive review. And I think that we, we can change the way we are. But as I said, you doing what you're doing, it's got to bring some positivity towards it. And, and you know, as you say, you're not ever going to change anyone, but you could change one person's opinion. Yeah. And that then has quite a big effect in itself. But I, I want to touch back to the the garage anxiety thing for a sec, because it is something that yeah. fascinates me, because I know there will be people that listen to this or that will read your posts and that will read the word A, anxiety, but then B, garage anxiety, and immediately starts tutting and starts thinking about, you know, man up or pull yourself together. What would you say to those people? I'd probably say come and work for me for a day and see what we actually see because I mean most of the time the people who are like that think they know everything and I don't mean to sound like I'm being a cow but most of the time they are the people who are DIY mechanics as well um, and they do it off YouTube and they've changed brake pads years ago so they know what they're doing but they're usually the ones that make mistakes as well Um, so I think I think that garage anxiety comes from a lot of conflicting stuff and it is mainly from this trade because every Tom, Dick and Harry thinks that they know about brakes and they know about tyres and they know how to fix an engine. But realistically, engines are only becoming more and more complicated now. So do you really know what you're doing? And then I think when people are brought up around that um, mentality, they kind of feel more pressure when they go to a garage because I think they might go home and a parent, carer, guardian, whatever would say, well, how much did they charge you? Because they shouldn't have been charging that because I looked online and this should have been this and this should have been this. So then they feel more of like a 
oh, I've gone and done that myself today. And I thought, you know, I've used the garage that has got good reviews, has got, you know, they could do their research. They could find a garage that's got really good reviews, that has different um, schemes put in place, like, uh, like say, they were a Fresh Drivers UK garage. They could be a Foxy Lady approved garage, which is very similar to Fresh Drivers UK, but it's all like for women. Um, they could have all the different affiliations and be a, an amazing garage. And they've got a good price. They've been looked after very well. But then I think sometimes maybe the pressure that when they go home, um, to all tell the friends or something, they'd be like, oh, I went to that garage down the road and I got a part worn. You've been ripped off with that for a brand new tyre. So I think that that also is a is a massive factor in it. And um, I've probably just gone off on a tangent, but I, these are the different factors to what actually causes garage anxiety. Um, and I think to the people who say it's a load of crap, then do you get your tyres checked and do you actually look after your vehicle? Because if you do, I'd love to know how much you know about cars. <laughs> I also find often those people are the ones that kick up a bigger fuss and the people that actually have the anxiety, which yeah. always makes me chuckle. But again, the, the parallel there with what you're talking about of, you know, uh, someone going to a garage, coming home, telling their parents what the, the garage has said and their parents almost kicking off a little bit. Same for us instructors. You yeah. know, what have you done in your lesson today? Oh, well, you shouldn't have done this. You know, again, the article I was reading this morning, load of there was one comment in particular and and this is coming way off topic you mentioned tangents i'm going way off topic now but there's one comment in particular that that said my son's supposed to have an hour lesson but he spends the first five minutes of every lesson talking to his instructor i think this is a rip off i'm like what what do you want the instructor to do just get in car and say drive so it's the parallel with what you're saying uh from garage and us i think is is, is really interesting but i think you also mentioned about sort of women, uh, the, the Foxy Ladies Approved Garage, you said, and, and women drivers. And I'd be interested in your take on this because I've got quite an interesting experience with this in that I know very little about the mechanics of running a car. I know what I need to know to get by, and that's it. I have no interest in it. I, yeah. I enjoy driving, but I don't necessarily enjoy cars. But my ex is a complete car nut. So we used to go to the garage for summer and the, the guy at the garage would often talk to me and ignore her. And yeah. then she'd start responding back and you could see you slowly twisting so that he's facing her. And then eventually the conversation finished that way. And it always made me, made me chuckle. So from my experiences, where I genuinely do feel a bit anxious about going to a garage, and this is me being honest now, yeah. is that I know the person I speak to is almost expecting me to know what I'm talking about. And I have to go, no, I don't know what you're saying. Can you simplify that yeah. for me, please? Whereas I'm guessing that when it, it comes to, to women, I'm, I'm stereotyping massively here, obviously, but for the purpose of this conversation, I yeah. suppose women have the opposite to what I'm saying there, where they sometimes get treated like they're not going to know anything. Um, yeah, I think we do. I mean, I do, and I work in a garage, and I know about cars and mechanics so i get treated like that by customers and that's something i face on a daily basis and i know more than they know even though they don't believe me um but i think we have actually seen a massive turnaround now so the foxy lady approved garage scheme was to basically make um women feel safe in the garage which is very similar to fresh drivers uk and i was really i was really good friends with um, steph who created it um she's now doesn't have it anymore somebody else has it um and 
it was to encourage more women to come into garages so that it wasn't just left to the husbands to deal with or the other partners to say the right things for them. Um, and all, um, you know, it wasn't left down to somebody else because they didn't feel comfortable. It was to encourage them to come into the garage. And I think we are very maybe different in our way of how we speak to customers because we don't expect them to know anything. But if a customer does know stuff about cars, then it's like, oh, right, okay. So if a, if a customer comes in and there's something wrong with the vehicle, we will always show them physically what is wrong. So let's say you came in with a flat tyre. Um, we will go, if the tyre is irreparable, like I don't like coming to a customer and saying, you've got a puncture, it needs repairing, because they could just be like, all oh, right. And then they could think, well, how do I know? How do I know it just needs repair? You know, it can't be repaired. How do I know that? It could have been repaired. So we always make a point of saying, do you want to come and have a look at it? And then there's either me, there's my dad, and there's all the great technicians that we've got. We'll physically kind of show them what is wrong with the tyre. So like, oh, you've got a nail and it's too close to the edge. I'm not going to be able to repair it. This is why. I go and get your price for a new tyre and blah, blah, blah. Um, same with the mechanic. If a customer comes in and they they think they say, oh, I think it's this. And my dad will say, oh, great. Well, it gives us an idea of what it could be. Then we'll investigate and then we'll say, this is what has actually happened. This is what we've had to do. This is blah, blah, blah. And we always explain it to everybody. But if somebody has a knowledge of cars, it just means they can understand it a bit better. And we don't have to go into as much detail as we do. Because like you say, it isn't just men that know about cars so many people know about cars and some people don't have a clue like my mum and dad are a partnership in this company my mum has completely no idea about anything with cars she wouldn't even know how to check her tires shouldn't admit that but she would not even know how to check her tires and she does actually admit that so I think it I think what you're saying is, is what happens nowadays people just assume that the males know about cars and that females have no idea but realistically most of the time, nobody knows anything. Or most of the time, a lot of females know more about what the males know about. So, yeah, it's like a, I get what you say. I don't even know if I just answered your question because I went off <laughs> again. But you know what I was trying to say. <laughs> I think so. I find the whole the whole thing fascinating. And, and like I say, I've had some great experience with garages. And, and you know, just this uh, last week, I took mine in to get some bodywork repaired. And the guys were awesome. You know, I told them straight out that, you're going to have to simplify that for me. Okay, cool. And then they were right with me. So yeah. I do think times are changing, but I just find it interesting. And I do think there is a justification for that anxiety. And I like the fact that there's people like you out there because you're not just reaching out to, um, you know, young and new drivers and, and drivers. You're also going to be touching garages as well and wanting garages to improve best practice. Yeah. And I think that ties me into the next thing I was going to speak about, which is, you mentioned that you obviously have the website coming up, which is going to have various resources that can people on use, but you're all over the place at the minute. You know, you were on Project Edwards event, you're doing stuff with, um, I'm going to phrase this wrong, but Parliament, Government, um, you, you're down at other road safety events. Yeah. So what, what are you doing to kind of reduce garage anxiety and bring that awareness about the stuff? So I think for my 2023 year, um, I am building my personal brand as such. Um, I want more people to know who I am, more people to understand that I am from a garage background, but I'm now branching into road safety to try and help. 
um, I want people to be familiar with me and be like, oh, yeah, she does that. No, she does that. I know her. She does this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that is what my plan is for 23. As for 2024, the way I want to help new drivers, young drivers and garages and other companies is basically bring everybody together. So the website, when it's eventually, and I say eventually launched, or is down to funding at the moment, I'm wanting to create um, basically like um, a hub of information which could connect to um, a group of like driving instructors who maybe work closely with me and they're in different areas. Um, and then say all the garages across the UK, I've already got 30 at the moment, I think, but I couldn't name them off the top of my head. Um, just because I can't think straight when I'm doing things like this. Um, <laughs> um, and it would be a directory, so like um, a young or new driver, or even maybe somebody who isn't comfortable in a garage. They don't have to be a fresh driver. They could just maybe have garage anxiety and think, I want to go somewhere that I know I can trust. Then um, the garage anxiety, the garage directory will have a postcode lookup part of it which is the thing that's costing me the most um and then it would give them the garages in their area who have taken the fresh drivers uk pledge who have started to work closely with me and you know have said that they will give the best service to their customers not take advantage and also not judge on lack of knowledge but take pride in educating which is what we basically do so that's how the garage directory work and then also working with like insurance companies um dash cam companies telematics insurance and things like that just basically trying to give somebody who's about to start driving the understanding of what the basics they need and then also what they need to carry on their journey of driving to keep them safe throughout the whole time they drive so tire information um mechanical information just the basics um and also giving them connections to different companies that might benefit them so um there's something that's going to be launched in july i think it's already known about at the moment but in july it's called the honest truth um uh, and that basically is the benefit of driving instructors as well and people who are learning to drive and there's different things that they learn about i can't give you all the information because i don't fully know um but then there's like companies like first car tire safe like i've already said there's just I kind of forgot what I'm talking about, so I'll start with that. Um, I'm interested that you you said you mentioned the honest truth there because I, di I didn't tell you this actually, but um, this podcast episode is split in two. The first half is with James Evans from The Honest Truth, and then the second half is with you from Press Drivers. So oh, there you no go. It, it's worked out quite well. Um, I I love what you're doing. You know, I, I like things, uh, and part of a big thing around this podcast and and, and the instructor as a whole is finding people maybe taking a different approach and a fresh approach, excuse the pun, um, yeah. and something new. And I love what you're doing. I love the stuff you're doing on social media. I love the stuff you've got coming up. And it just feels a bit different to everything else. You know, one of the things I mentioned with on the, uh, James Evans, I, I mentioned then, um, was sometimes it can feel like there's a lot of different road charities organizations campaigns and it's like which, which do we follow because obviously they're all important and it can feel a bit excuse the pun again tiresome um but i think that with you it is a little bit different because you're quite 
clear with the aspect of road safety or championing. Now, obviously, promote it all, but there's a sort of that specific niche around tyre safety and, and, as we mentioned, garage anxiety. So I, I love that you're doing all that, but I wanted to ask sort of specifically in driving instructors, what could we do? Because we've got another great resource in you now. You know, we can direct people to your social media and obviously in time your website and stuff like that. But is there anything you think that we could be doing with our learners to get them ready for after? Well, there's something I want to put in place with Fresh Drivers UK, and that is that any garage that becomes Fresh Drivers UK approved actually hosts an event for the driving instructors in their area so that they could bring their students whether they have like one two ten um to an event which would just be hosted on like an evening and it would give them the basics of how to change a tire if they needed to um how to check the oil and water like the correct way and and basically just the basics of a vehicle so that then they feel they have been welcomed into a garage environment so then they've got a familiar face already so say i asked a group of driving instructors from morecambe to come into my garage and do it they already the, the students then would say recognize me and my dad if they was to ever come back again so they would feel more at ease so i think one thing i'm trying to encourage is that driving instructors maybe say partner with the garage not not partners i'm not trying to say that they've got to just stick, stick to that one garage but maybe have a few garages in their mind that they think do you know what if i was if my young drivers to ever need to go anywhere that would be where i would send them um and then basically help them with that trend. even maybe i know it's taking a lot of time out of things so it's how it would work but it's basically maybe giving them an idea of what to say in a garage so if i can help driving instructors in that way then that you know give them the information of what they could give to a younger driver of what they need to see when say when they go into a garage give them the information um or even just taking them to a garage for a quick five minutes walk into the reception this is where you would come to that's who you would speak to let's get back on the road so it's just all the basics of what they would need to know once they've passed the test because once they've left the car with one of you guys they're a bit like oh my god what do I do now so it's more like helping them more because if they know and feel confident then you're gonna get a better driver aren't you so um it's I'm trying to encourage them to be welcomed into the garage environment so hosting events like that through the garages which is what they get when they basically sign up with Fresh Drivers UK they get an event so I'm trying to push these events so that the younger drivers are welcomed into the garage. They've got a familiar environment and they have a familiar face because that always puts you at ease. You feel more comfortable where you're going. I like those ideas. Um, in, well, I like the, the garage idea of the event you try to create, but in particular what we can do because I... When I first become an instructor, I was very set in my ways. You know, I was old school, like, right, we, well, we do this and we do this and we do this and that's it. But I've evolved as we've gone along. And it's like, now I'll ask my students, do you want to go put petrol in car? Do you want yeah. to go uh, multi-story car park? They almost always say, yeah. And it still takes me by surprise a little bit. You know, it's a parents that often moan about that, but they want to do it so that when they pass a test and know how to put petrol in a car. I sorry i've cut over what you oh, said um i think that's really good because i had the most amazing driver instructor he was friends with my dad and he was just ace like i had i did have like 96 lessons because i failed my theory test like six times so like we spent a lot of time together um but he was just ace you know just like if i 
when he said about the parents being a bit off about speaking to him for five minutes, me and Lloydie used to sit and talk to each other for at least 10 minutes before we started and he would talk through everything we were going to do today. Then he would tell me about where we're going to go and is there anything I felt uncomfortable with? Is there anything I want to go over today? Is there anything I want to learn? And he was so, he was just so thorough with everything. He was just so good. And I think for me, for him to not speak to your driving instructor would be really like, awkward almost because then I'd feel like if I didn't have that five minutes at the start of a lesson I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking to them at the end because then again that's like an anxiety isn't it you you feel like oh I don't I, I know I just want to get out of the car so I think the fact that you ask them do they want to go and put petrol in do they want to go and do that I think that's really good because that's something that my mum and dad took me to do but sometimes younger people don't necessarily always have somebody that's that supportive or you know they could be in the care there could be anything there's different situations isn't there so the fact that you give them that opportunity i think that's amazing i think that's really good so well done to you for that. thank you i wasn't expecting compliments today but i've got one so that's good um the i mean the other thing i was just going to tag on to that was that um i can include garages into that you know that's something i can think about going forward i'll ask who wants to do this this and this do you want to go and pay a visit to a garage you know yeah. i don't have to force it upon them i can give them the choice as you said um so that's something for me to think about the, the other thing i was going to put to you around that was just so I, I don't know if you're aware of this but on the driving test they have what they call show me tell me questions and yeah. some of them are around like the tires and you know where you put oil and, and that kind of stuff I still think a lot of instructors gloss over them really quickly or just send them a YouTube video for the government website or whatever and say, you know, watch this. Again, I can't, I liaise a lot with my students around that. And I've even get them to walk around the car now when they first come out to the car. So you're taking ownership of this car. Let's have a look around and see if you can see any. They all missed the denting side of it for weeks when someone had bumped into me. So, <laughs> it, you know, I'm like, let's look again, shall we? Because I think you've missed something. Um, but, I know even I can be a bit more active and a bit more through with that stuff. So do you think that's potentially where we could also take a bit more ownership of going into a bit more detail on that stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, I think so. Um, because I just think it gives you a better relationship with the, you know, your driver as well. They feel like they're getting more for the money, I guess. I don't know. You know, they feel maybe more like, oh my God, this driving instructor actually cares. He actually thinks that, you know, he's giving me the information that I need for afterwards. Um, because when I was at the Young Driver Focus the other week, there was a lady who was sat on the stage and she said, I pay my driving instructor to do that because I don't have the time to take my kids out in the car, which I completely understand that the parents have such busy lives. They're just constantly trying to make money to keep everybody going. So I think the fact that um, you would you know you would do that in the lessons i think that is really vital because it just sets them it sets them up better and it makes them feel more like you know, we've actually got something out of it. Uh, okay, well, I, I'd really appreciate you coming on today. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I advise anyone listening to go and, and follow you on, on the socials. Um, but speaking of which, do you want to just tell everyone where they can find you, where the best places to go? So I am on, oh God, I'm on Instagram, which is at Fresh Drivers UK. I'm on Twitter, which I think is at Fresh Drivers UK as well. Let me just double check. Um, and I have on LinkedIn as Sophie Bailey, but for some reason it comes up as Sophie B and I can't change it. I don't know why it comes up like that. Yeah, my Twitter is at Fresh Drivers UK and I even have a blue tick. Uh, <laughs> Demo, don't pay for that. 
um so yeah so i'm on twitter instagram and linkedin um and my email address is on there as well so if anybody listening wants to collaborate with anything thinks that maybe there's something they could do to help me then drop me an email we can work something out i am can i also plug my event in october so i am also hosting a road safety family fun day in in october at the morecambe football ground it's the 22nd of october and it starts at 11 a.m and finishes at 4 p.m um i've partnered up with racing for road safety um which is owned by ollie stanways he works for westco tech um and he basically races for road safety so he's a race is an amateur racing driver who races to campaign for road safety and younger new drivers um so we've partnered together to do an event in october and we have the likes of the lancashire fire service um we have the police um i've got lots of different companies who are around road safety and just general like roads obviously um um come in and it's just all free nobody has to pay to come nobody has to pay to exhibit and it's just a fun day to give kids a bit of information about road safety and keep it in the minds ready for winter because obviously it'll be october so we're going to do things about um be seen and you know be safe be seen um and different things and if the weather's nice i was going to potentially ask the fire service if they would do a teddy drop well, I might have to speak to him a bit nicely to do that, so we'll see. <laughs> On the good side. Um, am I right in thinking as well that you're going to be at the Intelligent Instructor Conference in October? Yeah, I think I am. I'm in the middle of trying to organise it at the moment because um, I'll need a team of people to come with me. So I have had a few people interested, which is really good. Um, so I will properly announce that on my socials um probably in the next month i'm at goodwood next month so i'll probably be a bit crazy then um but hopefully in the next month or so i'll put something out um and confirm whether i definitely am but i'm hopefully i am i want to be there so i can meet everybody <laughs> so, well i know lots of my listeners go so they can uh check out check out you there that sounds wrong you know what i mean um you are. <laughs> yes <laughs> there you go it's, uh, a, new, a new vibe to the instructor podcast uh, uh all right so do you want to uh finish off by telling us what your ultimate driving song will be so i can add that to my spotify playlist it might be a bit of um might be a bit random to the others i've not actually listened to the, the other ones but it's um serrani no games do you know what song that is i have no <laughs> so, idea I love reggae music and I love um, dancehall music, which is all like the crazy Jamaican dance music. That's like one of my favourite things. So, Surrounding No Games is one of my, I like to have a jig to it whilst I'm dancing. Yeah, I often go to sleep to reggae music. I have no idea what it is, what it's called or anything, but it helps me sleep. So there you go. Uh, um, but no, I'll get it added to the uh, the playlist so we can uh, we can listen to that as we drive. And uh, yeah, just a big thank you for, for joining us today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully I've covered everything that you wanted to ask. And if I've kind of waffled, then I apologise, but that's my personality. <laughs> no, that's, that makes two of us today, don't I? I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. So a big thank you to both James and Sophie there. Two really engaging conversations, I thought, and two conversations that made me reflect a little bit on how I handle road safety in the car. Because I think I mentioned it on uh, the, the, the interview with James in that I think I can be a bit 
I don't know, whimsical at times. Maybe that's not the right word, but a bit. I'm a driving instructor. I know about road safety. I don't need to bring this other stuff in. But, you know, there's all these amazing resources out there. That a lot of them are free. Some of them you pay for, but we've got these amazing resources that we can share with our students. So, you know, hopefully from these episodes, you can go and take away and, and pull up the threads of some of this stuff and, and get some useful information to pass on to your students. And, and the last thing that I would say around that is use your social media channel to promote this stuff. You be the, the instructor that promotes Safe Driving for Life with Break and Project Edward and The Honest Truth and Fresh Drivers, you know, and all these awesome companies. You promote these guys. You share these guys. You know, the... That makes you stand out probably from about 90% of other driving instructors. That would be my big thing. It's what I'm going to be doing. It's what I've done today. So, you know, I hope you found this episode useful. But remember, if you're not enjoying your lessons, you're doing them wrong. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.